Working with Warriors podcast by the team at the Regional Men's Health Initiative. Hello and welcome. My name's Owen Caddo and today I'm joined by fellow community educators Terry Melrose and Tom Hayes. Welcome guys. G'day Owen. G'day Owen, how you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks guys. Listen, today's podcast, we're really just going to talk about what is our mental health and well-being and, and perhaps what some of the warning signs in our life are and, and we're going to discuss the language that we use when we're talking about our mental health and well-being and our language around situational distress and look at our, our well-being gauge and quite often the discussion around mental health and well-being is, is disorientated, in my opinion, just to one, to one facet of it, which might be, say, mental illness and yep. we forget the majority of what makes up our mental health and well-being, Terry. Yeah, that's right. And, and it is a really important part of our overall health and well-being. And we talk holistically about that, our physical health, our mental health and our social spiritual health and well-being. So look, when we break down that mental health, it really encompasses all aspects of our emotional, psychological and social well-being. So it does affect how we think, act and feel. And, and, and we're quite often asked, what does it mean to have good mental health? And there's a, probably a lot of different definitions out there and we've got to put in the context of individuals because we are all different and we'll talk about individual capacity a bit later. But our definition is based on, on, on that very similar to the World Health Organisation and it's basically good mental health is about dealing with life's challenges, changes, stresses, you know, maintaining positive relationships, enjoying life and, and getting that life balance right. Um, but look, we all know at times it's not that easy, is it? Because our mental health is challenged by a whole lot of different factors, which we'll go into later. But but me- mental health is different, as you say, or, or that good mental health is different to what people talk about as a mental illness. And that's a health problem that significantly affects how we think, behave and interact. And the thing with a mental illness is that someone needs to be diagnosed according to a standardised criteria. Absolutely. And I think every time we talk about mental health, we're a bit remiss if we don't actually add that word well-being. We should always talk about mental health and well-being because it encapsulates the full paradigm of, of how we can operate in any period of time, whether that be weekly, monthly or yearly, but we've just always got to talk about mental health and well-being because then that resonates, captures more people and, and you know, in a di- that we can have a discussion with. Firstly, starting with stress, you know, mm-hmm. stress is um, the base of, of what we talk about because then we go on to distress, but but stress is normal and, and sometimes people will say they have a stress-free existence, but you just can't. You know, stress is vital to get us out of bed and wake us up and, and we're stressed daily, whether we on the roads or with our family or in the workplace, and it is normal. Um, and we need a, a, a little bit of stress in various ways to make that chemical balance work in our head and make us operate as human beings. Excessive stress is, is one of the first things that will, will impact or, or, or cause someone to, yep. to, to struggle or put pressure on their mental health and wellbeing. And like you said, that, that balance, stress around work, family, our social life, our holi- hobbies, just having enough time. And, and when, you, when we look at what the stresses are for people in regional and rural um, WA, mate, there's, the, the list is extensive. They're, 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 people deal with them on a daily basis. It is. And, and Tom, we talk about those all the time because we operate in that, in that area and, um, and we just know that people, all people, and we'll talk about it 
body constantly today, but we've yep. all got a different capacity sure. to deal with stress, and it's not resilience where those two words get confused. Yeah. <laughs> that word gets a bit um, overused, doesn't it? The yeah. resilience word. Well, there's a couple of stresses that are probably common no matter where you live, what environment you're in. That's obviously the, the big two would be family and financial pressures that you might be, might be going through. But then there's some, some stresses that would probably affect rural people a little bit more than if you're maybe living, living in the city. Um, a big one is access to services. Obviously, distances between towns, if you're living on a farm, farms are getting bigger and towns are getting smaller, so there's less access. Um, a big one is kids' education, um, deciding whether you want to send your kids away to boarding school and then there's financial pressures of that as well. Um, Probably one of the more common themes that, that comes up when talking to blokes in the country is farm and business ownership as well. And that um, succession progression planning is probably one of the, the big themes that comes up as a really stressful part of people's life living in, in rural and remote areas. Um, and probably another one as well is the unspoken issues. So that's, that's the shit that blokes don't talk about. It's the stuff that's deep down and we, we probably hide it a bit, but blokes really need to get better at that. The ladies are pretty good at talking about that sort of stuff and getting that that um, unspoken issues out, but the blokes really struggle sometimes, I reckon. No, that's right, Tom. And there's a lot of those issues are across a whole lot of people and, and sure they exist in other areas, but some of those things are just more enhanced by the the vastness of our country and the regionality that that, you yep. know, that we live in in our areas. A very isolated um, situation we put ourselves in. Hey? Yeah. So so when we've, we've got the premise that stress is normal and then we go on to say, you know, excessive stress can lead to that distress and my distress might not be the same as your distress and vice versa. So it's one of those things which is hard to quantify but but when you do have excessive stress and, it, and it's called distress to us, you know, it can result in a fair few different things like, you know, carnitary, like dysfunction and, and changes in people's habits that you and I can pick up. And that that excessive stress, isn't it? It's it's multi-layered. When when someone is struggling, it's never just one issue. You know, there's layers to yep. the island. There's multiple levels of stress. Or, or you know, it's when the stresses are, as you say, unspoken, unresolved, mm. and, and that leads to, um, as you say, people being out of their comfort zone, being in the unknown, you know, having uncertainty in their lives. We talk about some of the biggest distresses for people are the things we we can't control. You know, and, and think of yourself, how, how often do we, we waste so much time and energy and effort on, on the little things we can't control? Yeah. That's right, Terry. And when we talk about moving out of our comfort zone, I guess in the work we do, we see quite often with blokes as as relationship or financial issues. And then the biggest thing that we can't control, which was one of the biggest distresses to people in rural, regional West Australia and all over anywhere that re relies on rain is rain yep. <laughs> because it is just one of those things. And people have got, in particular farmers, just got enormous capacity mm. to able to live in it and deal with it. But but in a drought and when it doesn't rain or we're expecting some rain to finish off the season, it can be a significant distressor. So so I guess that leads us to when we're, when we're under the pump and, and about our language definition Terry, and the system unwittingly provides the word depression as an answer for a whole range of situational distresses, which are normal in society and need to be addressed. You know, do we need to normalise people's response during a difficult or abnormal life event? And I'd suggest we do, yep. and it's different for everyone, but we, we just definitely have to allow people that space to have their own response to the, whatever that abnormal life event is or was. And, and then that encapsulates 
the language better as well when we're talking about mental health and well-being because quite often those issues affect our well-being mm-hmm. parameter, you know, of of how we're sitting. Yeah, and look, and normalising that response, it is it is different, but for a lot of blokes, you know, blokes won't say I'm I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling vulnerable or I'm yep. feeling hurt. You know, it's when we're you know we feel like shit, we feel heavy heavy hearted, we're under the pump. You know, we can feel the pressure on us. And I just talk about three areas where we we need to look out for those changes. And and some of these um, can be nor as I said, normal bodily responses. You know, um, headaches, muscle tension. You know, if the butterflies. I, I'm a bit of a bit of a warrior, so I get the butterflies. Um, so changes to our body, mood, and behaviour. And and when we talk about our shockies in another podcast, we break that down a little bit more. But we've got to allow people to you know experience some of those normal reactions um, and be aware of them um, and that awareness then helps us to be able to take action and not get stuck in that that space of dysfunction or or feeling like shit yeah look and in our definition of of what we classify as situational distress we we do quite often fail to realize that most mental illnesses start from situations that are unresolved in our life our lives and and in fact very few people are born with a a specific mental illness diagnosis and that's really important the majority of our mental illness um, diagnosis come from unresolved you know stuff in our life so that's really um, important and if we leave that unresolved that's what affects people and and young and old um tom it affects affects all of us Yep, doesn't matter if you're 18 or 88, we all go through shit. So, yep. yeah. And just understanding of what those situations can be from many places, from, you know, relationship breakdown. Tom already mentioned about, you know, going through difficult financial periods, but, you know, significant financial hardship, you know, redundancy, you know, losing the farm, a whole lot of stuff. Um, and then the onset of a physical health issue, you yeah. know, you think of the impact that has on people's livelihood, relationships, even their own ability to do what they used to do. So, and the pressures of, of where we work and live, and I think we just got to acknowledge and um how tough it is out there in the regions i know owen mentioned how how much capacity people have but it is tough and and quite often that's um the misconception i think from a lot of people living in maybe metro areas yep just what people have to go through and quite often in that in that isolation too and and from your perspective tom and you're you're the youngest out of out of the three of us but but the 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 actual situational distresses uh, reflect on on every age and every stage, That's don't right. they? We just kind of tend to pick on, say, middle-aged or or older people, but mm. and or younger people, depending on the area. But but they're they're real. Yeah, that's right. On there's a lot of reasons you might be experiencing situational distress, and the stresses can come from a variety of sources. Um, I actually did a talk at a high school recently, and it was interesting chatting to the kids afterwards about the things that were really stressing them out at the time. The probably the big one was. Um, stress about the upcoming exams they've got um, and worrying about getting the right ATAR score to get into uni and that sort of thing. Um, Another common theme was body image issues. Um, A lot of kids have been struggling with that, especially with um, uh, social media taking off and Instagram and things like that, putting a lot of of stress on, on the kids. That's right, Tom. Stresses affect us all in different ways. And I just really want to explain our mental health and wellbeing gauge and how encapsulates that our mental health and well-being is a continuum. Um, we've got to think of our, our, our mental health and well-being in a, in a broader scope than just one thing. And um, our, our gauge, our mental health and well-being gauge, consists of, 
of three colours and it's a bit like an RPM gauge in a, in a vehicle. You know, if, if we consider it about 60% is shaded green and that's about being well, which is where we mostly want to be. Approximately 30% of it is shaded in amber and this is described as the area of situational distress, which I'll talk a bit more about. And then the last bit of the gauge is about 10% and it's shaded red. And this is where we have a mental illness diagnosis and that's, that's really important. And, and just while we're talking about that, for your info, you know, we'll put in a link in the, uh, a picture of the gauge in, the, in this podcast which you can access and see what we are talking about. But the premise of our mental health and well-being in this gauge is that we all want to be well. Um, but the gauge allows us to fluctuate in and out of the green, amber and red. And I would suggest that most of us, in fact all of us, spend time in the amber, which is that situational distress area. Whether that's daily, weekly, monthly or yearly, we spend time in there dealing with stuff and issues and situations in our life. And that's why it's called situational distress. And it's all right to be there. We're allowed to be there. Does that mean we'll end up with a mental illness diagnosis? For the majority of us, it won't be. And when we explain this gauge and we're talking one-on-one with many blokes around, they'll point to the gauge and they'll go, gee, Owen, I'm in that bloody amber. I'm in that situational distress. I've got X, Y, Z stuff going on, you know, there's a relationships, finance, whatever, but I'm not into that red. But we'll still encourage... Um, blokes in particular, but and ladies, to seek help, talk it over, talk it out and, um, and try and resolve some of this, this unresolved stuff. The, the amount of time that we spend in the amber is linked to our capacity and it's different for all of us. It's not right, it's not wrong, it's just up to our individual DNA. So it is a bit like a lackey band. You'll know people that can stretch and operate fully stretched, a little bit stretched, but that's an individual thing. So, so we can, if we spend too much time in that amber or situational distress and not resolving our issues, we may end up with a mental illness diagnosis. And, and once again, this, you know, that, that is that capacity-based issue, which is different for all of us, and we have to allow that difference. Yeah, that's right, Owen. Like you're allowed, everyone's allowed to feel like shit sometimes. It's just, that's how life is, isn't it? Yep. Um, you're allowed to have pain. Um, and you're allowed to talk about stuff, not that blokes always do that, but you, that it's the right to, to talk about the issues going on in your life and realise that we're not alone. We're not the only one going through this shit. Um, another bloke out there is going through the exact same thing and it's good to talk about it and, um, and realise that we can, we can seek help if we need to. Um, we don't have to be stoic all the time. We can go, go to a seek help wherever that may be, family, friends, or go to the GP if it's getting that bad. Yeah, exactly right. And once again, we've always pushed that message that we've got to understand the story behind people's lives, you know, and and you've mentioned that word capacity, and it is about people's um, genetics, you know, their biology, their, their, their own lived experience, you know, what they've been through. So really important to um, talk about what is causing that problem and get the right sort of help for that you know if i'm having trouble paying my bills the first port of call being a psychologist probably isn't going to help me much so we've got to you know address you know what's the cause of our distress and that only comes through quite often being aware talking and and sometimes getting that third party input or help to 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 not make the decision for us but help us on that journey of of getting the right help for the right issue no really important and and 
for men and women, we all, both of us are in this boat, and, and, and it's very difficult balancing everything in our life, isn't it, sometimes? So, so we've just got to acknowledge the different ways we deal with distress and how that can influence how we seek help. And that's why this gauge in explaining mental health as mental health and well-being um, gives blokes permission because I look at the gauge and go, yeah, I'm there, I've been there. I fluctuate between, so pretty important. And as you say, that being in that space, it is really up to us to make the choice that we, we've had enough and, and, and we want to make a change. Our health and well-being really is our own responsibility, is it? It's not our wife's, it's not our, our doctor's, it's we need to take action if something's, something's not going good. Yep. So, so I guess we, we just say, um, with blokes, I guess in particular, that quite often we know the issues, but we don't want to show ourselves as as the only one with that problem. And... Um, and it's probably part of our makeup as blokes, and and it goes along the lines of a bit when we're in deep shit, we say nothing, and we try to look like we know what we're doing. So we're really good at masking, mm. really good at masking stuff. And I call it cave time. Yeah. And all of us need to go in the cave and spend time in the cave, and it's and it's good. But we need to know when to come out. And and quite often when we say masking, or well, the experts call it self medicating. You know, they'll say they'll say. We do it through sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But in the work we do, you know, predominantly we see it. It it shows itself through blokes in two or manifests it in two ways, and that's by blokes bloody knuckling down and working harder, and then blokes talking less. So we've got a lot of us out there Being that withdrawn. are grunters, and yeah. and that that's direct feedback from ladies. You know that yeah, my blokes are grunter, but geez, he was under the pump and he grunted less. You're right, Arne. We talk about a, a bit of cave time's good, so quite often blokes will internalise, you know, being in that space allows us a bit of time to problem solve and think over things, but it's about when we get stuck in that space. Blokes talk about that stuff it all attitude, and we've got to really look out for that, you know, when we get stuck in that cave, we isolate ourselves, we remove ourselves from a lot of those support networks, and, and it can really lead to... Uh, reckless risk-taking, you know, becoming a, a grumpy bugger, maybe self-medicating, as you said, drinking more, um, talking less. And, and those risks can come out in other areas of our life. It can affect our work output. You know, it puts strain on our relationships. Uh, you know, we might take risks with our finances and even, you know, blokes taking risks with their own personal health and safety. So really important to know when we, we need to put up our hand. And we talk about risk factors with... Yeah, good mental health and well-being, and 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 quite often, you know, the two big big indicators are loneliness and isolation. And I would challenge us all that there's no pill for this. Yep. There's no pill for this outcome. So so we actually have to make an effort. And we always talk about those three areas of our lives. You know, the family, the community group, and the workplace. And if we don't observe people in those spaces and and observe the change, well. We're going to have a really hard time at, 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 you know, improving our mental health and well-being outcomes. Yep. yep. And we'll cover that primary care in more detail at a later date. But in a nutshell, for a bit of a teaser, it is just encouraging that as ordinary people, it's about ordinary people looking out for and looking after their mates. And you know, uh, you you can't get taught how to be empathetic or have some connection, but it is about just being there um, and, and asking someone how they're going and, and just not getting in the ute with them, that analogy, but just walking alongside them and, and supporting them with whatever they're going through. And we say, what can we do to manage our distress? And, and the simplest thing at the end of the day is is um, is listening and talking are powerful tool, tools, and that's a two-way street. And like you said, Terry, you know, 
most of us don't need training. I'd, I'd question that for everyone. We just need to have a bit of empathy and connection. We can, we can improve and, and help people change their, their mental health and wellbeing outcomes. What can we do to, to manage our distress? But it's really not that different to what we need to do on a daily basis to maintain good mental health. And it is about just keeping that balance. You know, I, we, We've said it before, the big three, exercise, diet and sleep, managing yep. those things. You know, we can't all afford to get away on a big holiday, but we just talk about having a break, you know, breaking the monotony. It might be just going to the park, going to your little favourite spot on the farm, um, catching up with someone for a, a coffee or a beer. Um, and, and we've got to have some time, um, as you said, Alan, to invest in ourselves. But if we're going through a tough time, to to, to, to step back from it and, and put it into perspective, normalise it a bit, and, and once again, can't reinforce that message of, Having, having people around us to be able to go to and talk to. And if, if we feel like we can't talk to someone in our circle, um, you know, there are, there are professionals, um, you know, we, and we always talk about Men's Line Australia. Look, and, and we always kind of to finish off on, we're talking about our gauge and the, the paradigm of if we're at the end of the gauge and we're, we're in the red and have, have a mental illness diagnosis, you know, we, we, we can seek help, get help, we need to get help and professional help and, and we can have real positive outcomes and we can move back to being well with a diagnosed mental illness. So, so there is lots of positives to talk about that whole paradigm of our of our mental health and well-being, I think it's just really it's important. Continuum, isn't it? It's not yeah. just yeah. yeah. And I think it's just important we do be real. Uh, we are realistic about it, and we've spoke about it in the context of physical health or, or, or losing weight. You know, if someone puts on weight over a five or ten year period, you're not going to lose it over a week or a month. It's going to take time. And I think recovering from you know situational distress, uh, life issues, or or a mental illness diagnosis, they talk about the re- recovery journey that does take time, but we've got to work at it and, and to be actively involved in that journey yep no okay well thanks thanks guys um i think that covers what we want to talk about today and 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 we'll extrapolate a bit further on our shockies um when we come up again so cheers thanks guys cheers cheers on thanks for listening to our working with warriors podcast series 